Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Our gathering together tonight, thank you for your presence here. We depend on you. We count on your presence, uh, leading, directing, instructing, teaching us, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your grace in that tonight. We are here to receive from you in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Okay, I always like to start out with something just a little bit funny before we get into to the class. So there's this 80-year-old woman who she stole a can of peaches. And so the judge uh, was going to sentence her, and he asked, so how many peaches were in the can? And she says, six. He says, all right. I'm going to sentence you to six days. And her husband broke in and said she also stole a can of peas. <laughs> so uh, we are starting t- tonight, we're starting a three-part series that I've called simply Blessing. There it is. And so uh, the opening text is Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 3. Does everybody have a lesson? I've, I've printed them up. Does anybody need one that don't, don't, doesn't have one? Everybody's got one. Good. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. You can follow along as I read it out. And this is going to be what we're going to kind of take off from in in this series. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this is really central to what we're going to be looking at in the next several weeks. God gave this promise to Abraham, and it is ours, those who are are born-again believers, through Jesus Christ. It's come to us through inheritance, through Jesus. That's pretty good, isn't it? And so I've always liked the idea of inheritance. I I don't like the idea of family members dying, but I have kind of had always this, uh, uh, I'm kind of weird if you haven't picked that up already, but I, I, you know, when I go to the mailbox, it's always with just kind of like a, you know, hoping that there's this, the checks in the mail, that kind of thing. I don't, does anybody ever else do that? I, anyway, I, it's kind of that way with me, and I've, I think of getting a, a letter from this attorney from New York City or somewhere that says that my uh, old Uncle Eustace, who I've never known, you know, had a fortune and he just passed. I didn't know him, didn't know about him, but they found me and I'm this relative and he's left me his fortune. And so that, that's kind of what I don't know that I think of that every time I go to the mailbox, but I do kind of hope. For, but it's probably never going to happen, right? That kind of thing. But here's the thing. For all of us 
who are born-again believers, we've given our lives to Jesus, the Bible says we have been made part of an incredible inheritance. The promise that God gave to Abraham has passed to us through Jesus Christ. And this inheritance isn't only meaningful, it's extravagant. Tell yourself, it's extravagant. Galatians 3.29 says, If you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So in this series, we're going to look at, uh, and I in your notes it says how God blesses. Really, what I should have said is how much God blesses us and how we can be a blessing to others. And so tonight is a very simple truth, but it's something that we have to know. Uh, We've got to get this, and that is God has blessed us. I want to just let that kind of resonate and sink in. God has blessed us. Uh, We are blessed because of what Jesus accomplished through his death and resurrection. Now, In the Old Testament, God spoke about a blessing and a curse. In Deuteronomy 28 and verse 2, it says, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Okay, so God said, uh, if you'll just do what I say, you're going to be blessed. Sounds simple, doesn't it? In fact, he says, not only are you going to be blessed, this blessing is going to run you down and overtake you. That's pretty good, isn't it? But Deuteronomy 28, 15 says, and this is, says, but it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Somebody say, yikes. This is the okey-doke. God says, if you don't do what I say, these curses are going to run you down and overtake you. So, now, listen. One of the major differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and this is the times that we are living in, New Testament is right here. Blessing and curse. And this is it. In the New Testament, Jesus has removed the curse. Now, this is really critical for us. And and I'm talking about whether you have been a believer for a brief period of time or for decades. We have, as as believers, somehow we have a hard time getting this through our thick skulls sometimes, and that is that we have been so blessed, Jesus has removed the curse. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, the first part of that verse says, that the blessing of Abraham might come. So in the New Testament, or the Old Testament, it was all about doing the right things. You do the right things, you do good things, uh, and right things, good things will happen. 
The problem was us, right? People. People fail and keep people kept failing. And so God provided a temporary fix in the Old Testament with, with the sacrifices of lambs and goats and bulls and things like that, blood sacrifice, doves, pigeons, uh, blood sacrifice to cover over people's sins. But it didn't solve the long-term problem, and that was people are natural-born sinners. How many of you know that? We, we really don't have to have a lot of discussion about that. We are natural-born sinners. You, we don't, uh, you don't have to teach a child uh, how to lie or any of those kind of things. But we just are, as soon as we are born, we just end up, in the course of our life, uh, sin because we're natural-born sinners. And so people kept failing, and as a result of that, falling under the curse. This is why Jesus came, Amen. to redeem us from what is called the curse of the law. Yes. Christ, Jesus Christ, died for our sins and removed the curse from us. He, he fulfilled all of the requirements of the Old Testament law for us. He did it for us, say for me. For me. Thank God for that. And because we could never do it. The, just a synopsis of the Old Testament. The reason God gave the law and the whole Old Testament was written, just a real brief synopsis, was to prove to us, to men, to mankind, I should say, men and women, is that we can't do it on our own. If, some people would think, you know, if I just knew what to do, then I'd just do it. But we can't. We are... We are natural-born sinners, and so Jesus, we needed a Savior. The Old Testament pointed to the New, and the New was that Jesus would come, die, give His life for us, and fulfill the requirements of the Old Testament law so that the curse could be broken. And the curse is now removed, and we're blessed. Hallelujah. Tell yourself, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Tell yourself again, I'm really blessed. So uh, there's an important truth that we must know. We, we've got to get this down, and that is that God doesn't curse us. And this is so important that I'm going to say it again. God doesn't curse us. So just by way of example, have you ever heard somebody have been going through something, something terrible has happened in their life? It might be an illness or it might be just some other catastrophe. I, I've I heard somebody say something like a flat tire, you know, and then they say, well, why did God give me this? Or why did God let that happen? Well, God doesn't give sickness and God doesn't do bad things to us. He doesn't curse us. Now, we may suffer the consequences of our own bad decisions, right? Our our maybe even bad eating habits. We may suffer some of the consequences in our health because of that. We live in a, a broken and sinful world, and because of that, we may be exposed to certain health risk or other bad things happen as a result of living in this broken and sinful world. 
but God doesn't curse us with sickness and bad stuff. Jesus said it's the devil who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundant. That's John chapter 10, verse 10. So God blesses us with good stuff like health, healing, uh, provision, and multiplied other blessings. I mean, like a whole bunch. Whole bunch. Okay. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Meaning, God's not going to change in this. He gives good gifts and perfect gifts, right? Okay, so we may suffer the consequences of our own wrong choices, uh, sowing and reaping can still have an impact. We sow bad seed, we may reap a bad harvest, or attacks from hell or just living in a broken and sinful world can cause us problems, but God doesn't curse us. He blesses us, okay? All right, so secondly, I want to shift in and talk about counting our blessings. And let me just pause for a moment here, because we're living in a time where, where things are so chaotic, you know, and really the world's always been chaotic, but we're living in times that are, we're, it, they really are strange and weird and, and in and up people and prices uh, for fuel and groceries and everything seem to be going higher. And so, uh, it's, it's, uh, it can be a time where we're concerned about stuff. But even in the midst of living in times where prices may be going all up and all of that, you and I as God's people must depend on Him providing for us. He's still good. He's still a good God. And in the midst of our lives, even though things in the world and people uh, maybe making decisions that affect us uh, and prices of stuff and all of that may, may be chaotic. The kingdom of God and His rule and reign is never chaotic. He, uh, he, and He has promised to bless and to help us. Uh, I'm not saying that God's going to make us all millionaires because that's probably not going to happen. And the re reality is uh, it's it's probably a good thing that God doesn't make us all millionaires because some of us would not be able to handle it. Yeah, so anyway. But even saying that, we can look for the blessing of God and need to depend on the blessing of God coming in our life. Okay, isn't that right? So I want you to tell yourself again, I'm blessed. It's important to say it, to believe it, have it settled in our heart, because there are some believers who almost, it's almost like they feel like they're cursed. Or at least sometimes they act like, talk like, or think like they're cursed. And they say, people say things like, and, and some believers may th say things, well, you know, I'm just always a day late and a dollar short. Day late and a dollar short. That's my life. And, and uh, uh, there they their law is Murphy's Law. Something can go wrong 
It will go wrong. That kind of the light at the end of the tunnel is a headlight of an oncoming train. And it's this kind of stuff. And people we joke about it, but there are some people, you know, and there are those of us, and I, I, I'm making kind of light of it, but some of us have the thought at times when things are going well, it's like, uh oh. Things have been going good for a good period of time. Now, now, watch out. But you know, really, as God's people, and I'm not making light of, of bad things that happen. All of us, Jesus said, in the world you'll have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. And so sometimes stuff happens to God's people, but we can count on Him intervening and coming through for us. And so we ought to. And, and uh, not live with a sense of, of fear and trepidation about the future. Right. We ought to live with hope and have a confident expectation of good from God, right? Because right. He's a good God. Tell yourself, He's a good God. So Jesus didn't come and die and rise again to give us a life to where we feel like or we're waiting for uh, something horrible to happen. We are not cursed. We're blessed. And I think sometimes we are so conscious and can be so conscious of what we don't have that we don't fully appreciate what we do have. Everybody here tonight, you're blessed. I'm telling you. We, are, we really are blessed. And so we, we need to appreciate it and recognize it. Uh, I remember the, uh, one of my uh, pastors that, that used to pastor in the Flagstaff Church, Ron Burrell. He was pastor there for several years when I was a young believer. And he told the story about a guy that he knew in Prescott uh, years before that had come to a church service in their church there and the guy had come, he had a, a, a platform or an elevated shoe. One of his legs was several inches shorter than the other. And I don't know if it was because of scoliosis, you know, his spine was curved or something had caused one of his legs to be shorter than the other. So he had uh, a shoe that was made to compensate for that. It was several, and it was several inches. It wasn't just like, you know, a little bit. It was several inches different so that he could walk fairly normal with that because of that one leg that was so much shorter than the other. Well, in a church service, in a revival service, this guy got healed. Amen. And I mean, that leg grew out several inches. And so even though, because he had this elevated shoe, when he walked out that night, he was going like, because <laughs> of the difference in that shoe, his legs were, were, had been, he had been healed. And so uh, he wasn't seen in church after that, and several weeks later, they ran into him on the street in Prescott, and, and they go, man, he said, we haven't seen you in church. Where have you been? He goes, oh, man, he said, you know, oh, gosh, he says, I got mad at God because I prayed and asked God for a motorcycle, and God didn't give me no motorcycle. <laughs> and so he just didn't come back to church because he, God didn't give him a motorcycle. You know, he's lucky that we're not God, right? Because if I were God, I would take that leg and just put it on his head or something like that. So, there. I, but I'm not God, and we're all glad. Uh, 
But isn't that, you know, and so we, we look at that and we think, how can a guy that got healed be such an ingrate? But the reality is probably most of us are negligent about not recognizing or calling attention to many of the blessings that are ours. Right? Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5 through 8, says, This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who depends on flesh for his strength, and whose heart turns away from the Lord. He shall be like a bush in the wastelands. He will not, listen to this, he will not see prosperity when it comes. He will dwell in parched places in the desert, in a salt land where no one lives. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. And so we need to believe, we need to trust in God when we do, we can believe for that blessing to flow. Now, there are some believers uh, who, again, that they almost think like or act like they're cursed. And here's the problem with that mentality, is that even when blessing or prosperity comes their way, they can't see it or recognize it. And so God help us to see and recognize the blessing that is ours. There are so many blessings that we may take for granted. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We're blessed tonight. Tell yourself, I'm blessed. Deuteronomy 28 verse 2 through 6 and then verse 13 says, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, Blessed shall you be when you go out. Now, I understand that we're, you know, in the Old Testament time when this was spoken and written, it was uh, agricultural and, and uh, uh, livestock and all that. That meant a lot to us. What this means is, and just in a nutshell, is God's saying, you, you, you're blessed. Every, your life's going to be blessed. Your family's going to be blessed. And so... Your pocketbook or your purse is going to be blessed. So tell yourself, I believe that. Verse 13, And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. Uh, I wonder how many of us really do think and concentrate on the blessing that is ours. Uh, you know, the, the, we can be so accustomed to being 
so blessed in so many areas that we take them for granted. We really, we really can. I, I know that I do at times. Just even the food that we eat, we can take for granted. And we just kind of, you know, sit down at the table, and, you know. We, we ought to at least, and, and I'm not one given to long prayers over a dinner table. I'm just not. I, some of you may be, and that's good if you do that. It, at least you're thankful, you know. Uh, but we ought to, you know, if I, we're eating just Cindy and I just alone, I'll a lot of times just say, thank you, Jesus, you know. And it may be simple, and that may seem like not very much, but I think we ought to at least call attention to where it came from. Is that okay? Okay. Anyway, so we, we can take for granted the food that we eat, uh, the transportation that we have. Uh, most of us here have cars, a car or cars. We even have houses for our cars called garages. You know, I was... Uh, Pastor uh, Chambaro from Malawi, we support, for those who don't know, we support one, one of the places where we, we support is, is missions in Africa and Malawi. And uh, Pastor uh, Alex Chambaro was saying, you know, our gas prices had doubled. And anybody realize that? Our gas prices? Yeah, I thought, thought you might have recognized that. But in Malawi, they have more than tripled. And so in that and that country is one of the poorest countries in the world. Uh, what that does, and a lot of their people, uh, the majority of the population don't have their own cars. They take public transportation buses or, or mini bikes or things like that. And uh, the cost of fuel has become so great that a lot of these people can't even afford public transportation. And so, you know, we just take for granted we're going to, you know, we may gripe and complain about the price of gas, and I, it irritates me, I, and I think it's a scam, but I'm not going to get off my notes here. And I, it ought not be that way, but it is. And so, but you know what? Cindy and I got in the car and drove here tonight, and we're going to get in the car and drive home tonight. And guess what? When we get home, we're going to turn the air down and get it nice and cool before we go to bed. And so that's the way we kind of live. And we kind the majority of us live that. If, if, if we don't have a car, we at least can get public transportation that's usually affordable and things like that. We shouldn't take these things for granted. That's, that's my point. Uh, the places that we live in, whether it's an apartment or a house or whatever, we, we need to be grateful and thankful that we have a place that we can live. Uh, our, our Bibles and the Christian literature that we have at our disposal. We are, you know, that's, it's nice to have. Years ago when I was a missionary in Africa, I went into a, a village and I heard about this guy, this pastor. He had been preaching in Mozambique for a couple of years from just old gospel tracts that he had been given. He didn't even have his own Bible. And, and the reality was back in those days, and this was going back almost 30 years ago, but uh, there were a lot of pastors in, in Mozambique at that time and a lot in Malawi that didn't have their own Bible. Pastors. 
They're pastoring churches. And so we'd take in boxes of Bibles and give them away. And when we would, man, these pastors and the leaders of these churches, they, they, would, they would take it like a treasure. You know, I mean, I mean like hold it like it's a treasure because it is, right? But, you know, we, t we just take things for granted like that. We've got so much at our disposal. If we don't have a, a, a Bible that we care, we, we've got electronic, we've got electronic devices that we can pull up Bibles on. And so, anyway, all of these things that we just kind of take for granted, right? I, I don't know what that means, but anyway, we can... <laughs> We just kind of take for granted, flippant, kind of, you know, just casual. casual. That's what I was getting at. Just kind of, that's it. Yeah. We ought to recognize and appreciate what's so readily ours, okay? Right? Okay. So recognizing how blessed we are will greatly affect our quality of life. Just recognizing everything that we've got, everything that has been given to us and appreciating it will affect our quality of life. Uh, we'll be able to enjoy life more uh, if we just learn to acknowledge how blessed we are. Amen. Some years ago, and this is going back uh, in the, in the uh, mid-80s, I, uh, and my kids were young, little at that time, really little, and I pastored a church in uh, Rancho Cucamonga, California. And so a friend of mine came to preach a series of meetings. And he brought his kids. And after the meetings were done, the, the last, after it was all over, we, we took our kids to Disneyland. And so we all got in the car. We went to Disneyland. And I, I'll never forget it. My friend, as we're getting out of the car, his kids are getting out. My kids are getting out. And it was just one of those beautiful uh, Southern California days, and he gets out, and, and it's just beautiful, and, and he looks at his kids, and he goes, wow, kids, what a, what a great, beautiful day, and he says, uh, we, God really blessed us, huh? And he's just calling attention to the nice day, and, and you know, it really did hit me that he was teaching his children to enjoy the simple things like a nice day Amen. at Disneyland. No, but, no, but just, you know, it, it was before we got in. So anyway, I spoiled the point of that whole illustration. But anyway, he was telling them to appreciate the simple things like a nice day, even if it isn't in Disneyland. So anyway, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. Now, godliness with contentment is great gain. Somebody say, I believe that. I believe For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we'll carry nothing out. Verse 8, and having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Now, pausing just for a moment here, we ought to, and this is what the Bible is telling us, with having food and clothing, with these... We ought to be content. I don't know that many of us are if it was just with food and clothing, but we ought to. And this is not God saying, you know what, you bunch of ingrates, all you get is a pair of overalls and a burrito, and you better be content. That's, 
That's not what God is saying in this. But what he is saying is we ought to be able to be content with what is ours and then appreciate, recognize and appreciate how blessed we really are. Because all of us here tonight are blessed with more than just food and clothes. I mean, God's blessed us, hasn't he? Now, in saying all that, I'm not saying we should feel guilty for the blessings that we have. What my point is, is that we really ought to at least recognize and appreciate how blessed we are. Isn't that true? And not take them for granted. Okay, so how to become more aware of blessing. In, in Psalm 40 and verse 5, it says, Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Yes. Now, this, is, this psalmist is talking about blessing and he's saying all of the good things that God has done if we were to to number them declare and speak of them they're they're more than we could ever even number keep track of and so this is the way we ought to kind of carry this thought with us and that is you know God every day all through the day you're blessing me and I don't I don't know that we I don't know that I always carry that thought with me all the way through my day and that, and that all through my day I'm thinking, man, I'm just, gosh, I'm blessed here, I'm blessed there. I'm, I'm just, man, I'm just, I'm just blessed coming in and blessed going out. Uh, we need to recognize and appreciate it because the reality is that a lot of people go through their day, a lot of Christian people go through their days bugged and bothered, uh, worried, aggravated, and irritated or jealous about the blessing that they see on other people. And so we need to consciously think about how blessed we are. We will become more conscious of the blessing that is ours if we declare and speak of them, talk about them. Uh, What this means is when a blessing comes our way, we recognize it and thank God for it. You know, like breakfast tomorrow morning or or the burrito tomorrow afternoon or whatever you know the blessings that are a car that that runs runs. thank you lord it started again hallelujah i can remember in the days where you know it was like you know oh god let it start you know those I, I, not in those days anymore. Thank God. You know, I've got more dependable transportation now. But there was a time where, you know, it was like, help us, Lord. You know, that kind of thing. And so God does help us. So we ought to recognize and appreciate it. George Mueller was a minister who uh, lived back in the 1800s, and he built orphanages all over England. It was a time of, of real... Uh, desperation in those days, and there were kids just out on the, st- lots of kids out on the streets. So he built orphanages and and su- provided everything for them by just prayer only. He never mentioned the need to anybody. But he kept a record of his prayers, and his prayer records filled more than 3,000 pages. 
And his notes at the end of his life showed more than 30,000 prayers that had been answered. Now, I read that, and I thought, man, that's really convicting. <laughs> you know, I mean, because I have not done that. I haven't kept a record of all the answered prayers that God has, has uh, made in my life, the answers. But, uh, and probably, I don't know, some of you may keep records, and that's, I think that's a, a good thing. I'm probably, after this amount of time, probably not going to. But it's not a bad thing. It's a good, it would be a good thing to do if I did it. But we ought to at least recognize when the prayer is answered and thank God for it, right? Amen. Psalm 68 verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation, Selah. Uh, a lot of you know that this word Selah means literally pause. And the, the Psalms were songs that were sung. And so when they came to this place in this Psalm and it says Selah, it means to pause. And it literally means it's a pause so that they can reflect or think about it. And so this is something we ought to think about. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits the God of our salvation, Selah, or listen, pause and think about it. That's what we need to do through the course of our day. We need to pause and think about, consider, and thank God for the blessing. Declare and speak to ourselves uh, of what God has done for us. Isn't that good? Okay, real briefly tonight, I want to close with a thought and that uh, God has spoken blessing over us. In fact, he is so serious about pronouncing his blessing on us that he uses the strongest word possible to convey it. God has sworn to bless us. Now, when I was a kid, I was, I was raised in a household. My parents ta- told me and taught me, you don't swear to God. Don't swear to God. Don't, don't you do that. Don't swear to they. They taught me that it was using, uh, it was taking the Lord's name in vain. It was, it was irreverent to swear to God. So they said, just don't do it. <laughs> you know, don't, don't swear to God. It's not good. And Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't swear by thing, but just let your yes be yes and your no no. So my parents taught me a good thing, right? But when it comes to blessing us, listen, to emphasize his point, God says, I swear to myself, I'll bless you. God swore to God to bless us. And he can do it. And he did do it. Genesis 22, verse 16 to 18, God swore his promise to Abraham. It says, and by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, Because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I'll bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. 
In Hebrews chapter 6, it refers to this promise in verse 13 and 14, and it says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I'll bless you, and multiplying I'll multiply you. The word sworn that God used in Genesis 22 is a Hebrew word, Shaba, and it means to take an oath or to seven oneself. Or in other words, it means to repeat a declaration seven times. So God is saying, I'm so serious about this that I swear or tell you this seven times. I'm going to bless you. 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 Seven per number of perfections. So God's oath was to bless Abraham. And the Bible says this promise carries over to every believer in Jesus Christ. Tell yourself, that's me. Galatians 3.29, if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. This verse tells us that because we are Jesus's, we are heirs according to the promise made to Abraham. God is so serious about blessing us that he has sworn to himself to do it. I like that. God swore to God. And it was all right, because he's God. And so his intent, as I just bring it to a close tonight, is to bless us. We are so blessed. We are so much so blessed that God has sworn to do it. And we need to believe it tonight. God help us to believe it. Tell yourself, God help me to believe it. And then we need to act like it. We need to carry ourselves in life like we're blessed like we are. Right? Okay. So I want to just close with, and I've, I've got this prayer, I think, in your notes, prayer and confession. But I want us to speak it out tonight. So I'm going to lead you in this. If you'll just, uh, you can close your eyes and and just bow your head and just pray this with me and just say this. Thank you, Father, for removing the curse from my life. I am blessed because of what Christ did for me. Help me remember to count my blessings and to recognize How blessed I am. I am blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord a big clap and just thank Him for the blessing? Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. So we're going to continue next week, and you can say, well, you've pretty much told us we're blessed. But I'm going to talk next week about blessing God. And then about being a blessing to others. And so uh, it's going to be helpful. And so God bless you. God love you. Good night. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.